Hello world, it is the BU crew, and it's your boy Lavelle. I'm back in the building, and I got my co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I'm here too, Ashley of the BU crew, man. Let's yes. Into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Today's topic, we will be reviewing the movie uh Just Mercy. Uh, other day, Ashley was like, "Hey, Lavelle, you should check out the movie Just Mercy." I was like, "What's that?" Like the movie with Jamie Foxx and and Killmonger. Oh, I like. Killmonger was like, oh no, Michael B. Jordan, I think that's his name. And it's a movie that will bring you to tears, bring up a lot of your fears. And it had me contemplating, thinking about why so many brothers are probably living abroad, not just for the women aspect, not just for the money, but for the comfort of I would say fleeing from discrimination, persecution, and as that movie say, begging for mercy. So, Ash, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. I'm definitely ready for it. And yeah, as Lavelle stated, we're gonna basically also be framing the what was going on in the movie around why, yes, we believe so many brothers tend to fly overseas, come to Japan, and stay here and probably some of them stay here and content for the rest of their lives here. So yeah, man, that's all I got to say. You want to go ahead and get into it, man? Let's get into it. All right, and man, as y'all always know, sit back, relax, and be you. Welcome to the Be You Podcast. Be You Podcast. Because Yo, what's going on, BU family? We back at it again with another edition of the BU Podcast. It's me, your boy, Ashley. All right. Uh, on Instagram, Ashley underscore B-U-4-E-V-E-R. That's me. And you know who, and you already know who else is here with me right now as well, too. Go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, what's up? Yeah. It is your boy, the man, Lavelle. Yeah, I'm in the building. You can also follow me on Instagram at Mr. Underscore Lovely, L-O-V-E-L-Y underscore day. You know, it's a lovely day. I'm here. So what are we talking about today, Ash? Um, well, first of all, man, Bill, you know, like as always, just want to see how you're doing and how things going on. Oh, man, here. look at you being all JP. nice, being considerate and stuff, man. I'm doing good. How about yeah. you? How about you? Man, How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing pretty all right, man. You know, we are on a long break here in Japan, as you know. Uh, one good thing about Japan, guys, I will give it to you, give it to Japan on this, is that you get some long ass paid vacation without taking paid vacation. You know what I'm saying, Vip? That's true. That's true. Like, actually, I've been off work about three weeks. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Yeah, three Some weeks. Like, what the <laughs> I tell my friends that all the time. It's like, yeah, man, I'm off for like a week. They were like, what? <laughs> three weeks paid. Be gone. Yeah, paid. That's, that's been real good. Um, COVID got a lot of people slowing up. They kind of stopped the little travel ban, you know, like telling everybody to travel. I still see people traveling though, but I'm not gonna take their risk. 
because people are still dropping. A lot of people think COVID a joke. It is not a joke. It's not a joke, people. It's not a joke at all. And uh, it's steadily, steadily going up here in Japan. But me and Ville, we're doing the right thing. We're staying inside for the most part and uh, keeping it safe. Uh, And I think some of you guys know that I'm a pretty uh, advocate gym goer. And um, I haven't even been going to gym. And the gym is smooth, open. I mean, fully operational. Not like, you know, we're only letting so many people in or there's that and other the gyms are fully operational because these motherfuckers care about their money too too much to care about people yeah that's a whole other topic man i feel like the whole world is doom i hate to sound doom and gloom that's a whole nother episode but humanity really need to sit back and think about that human lives are worth less than a dollar bill (laughs) Talk about it. But then we punish but, people. We punish people. And then we turn around and punish people and say, the, his life is, is priceless. I'm telling you, you can't never replace a life. But then look at us now with COVID-19. Man, talk about it, man. Talk about it. So, yeah. Um, that kind of leads to what it, we're going to talk about today, though. Exactly. I'm glad you kind of said his way into that, man. That was perfect. Um, so, Yeah. We're basically gonna to talk about um an amazing movie. Movie alert, movie alert, movie alert. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> All right, the movie the movie's called Just Mercy. J-U-S-T, Mercy. It's on Netflix, people. It's a very good movie. Um Ashley put me on it. Extremely. He was like, Yo, did you watch this movie yet? I was like, What are you talking about? I'm like, Just Mercy. It's about where you're from. For those who don't know, I am from America, but I'm from a state yes, called is. Alabama. The, the, Alabama, the dirty south. The dirty south, right next to Georgia. It's like, where is Alabama? If you don't know Alabama, it is a state that has pretty much, we pretty much define America. A lot of people don't know that. All the civil rights and the freedom that you have in America Come from my state. Yeah, round of applause for my state. Okay. But we still live under a lot of oppression, even though we help fight for so much. We're home of a lot of history makers, just put it like that. A lot of history makers. And this movie helped to show the fight, the love that you, that helped cultivate me and many other great people from Alabama. Yes, I am great. I think everyone's great their own right and ash found this gem of a movie from netflix so when you finish listening to us please listen but please go check it out on netflix so ash what do you got to say about the movie man how, how did you feel about it man uh when it popped up on netflix and i kind of read this very short brief description on what it was on uh i said yeah me and I gotta watch this and it's about it is two hours a little over two hours and it is about a gentleman that was accused of a murder that he did not commit and they had him on death row for 30 years 30 years um and then there's a there's a brother from Delaware 
that's a Harvard graduate, Harvard Law graduate. Shout out to that brother. I can't think of his name right now. I'm sorry about that. Uh, Michael B. Jordan plays plays the lawyer. Uh, I can't think of the lawyer's name uh, that he played under. Um, but he came down from Delaware to basically create a organization where he can defend individuals on death row who do not have the proper funding to provide themselves with a proper lawyer okay and he had the opportunity of defending this gentleman that had been on death row for 30 years and the it just shows how corrupt the American justice system can be and let me overall it is a corrupt system for the most part but in the south in the even in 1987 in the 1990s this system was still so extremely one-sided okay um and I don't want to say too much but the man went through levels to try and retrial this gentleman to make sure that he would be innocent. But it took arm, tooth, and nail for him to do it. Let me just say it like that. Man, we, we, we can tell him the movie, bro, because it's a true story. That's what people don't get. It's a true story. That's true. It's no surprises. If they made a movie about it, I'm going to just go on with it. Guess what? The brother get off. Yay! Finally. Yeah. Like it's better than any horror movie. You know, the brother always die first. But with the Asian, so you ever know that horror movies is always the brother or the Asian that die first. That's just horrible. You got to put an end to that. You got to put an end to that. People let the white woman die first every now and then, <laughs> and don't let it be the <laughs> the minority that did it. But anyway, um, in this movie, which is a true story. Sadly, a white woman did die first. That's what starts everything. This young girl, true story. Now, I'm, I'm really, I'm really, this is sad though. Any life lost is a sad scenario. She's 18 years old. She dies in this place and they're out for blood. And they find this gentleman played by Jamie Foxx, one of the greatest actors to ever walk on the face of earth. This guy has played some amazing roles throughout his career. And he took this one up along with Michael B. Jordan playing his defense attorney. And they put on a show. I'm going to just put it like this. I went through some tissue, you guys. A lot of Man, tissue. Man, me too. I cried like three times. <laughs> yeah, so the lawyer name is Brian Stevenson in real life. Y'all know him now. He's probably has a little bald head. I know him being from Alabama. He's a Montgomery, Alabama attorney. He's in Montgomery, Alabama now, which is our county uh, state seat. Um, state seat for lo- lo- those who don't know that kind of like basically your state capital it's the state capital um, and he fought for the gentleman named Walter McMillan I know some McMillans yeah I know some and he spent six years on Alabama's death row you guys six years that's a long time Wait, was he just in de- jail for 30 years? No, no, that was, that was the other gentleman. for six? 
I think the 30 year old gentleman, that's the gentleman that did the bomb, my G. Well, not 30 years old. I, I saw, sorry, correct me if I'm wrong, but I saw at the end of the movie that it stated that he was in prison for 30 years. Uh, That was the other guy. Okay. All right. Cool. I think, I think, if I remember right. Uh, All right, that's fine. Mr. Walter McMillan. I mean, his kids were still, uh, kid wasn't that old, bro. Yeah, they wasn't that old. That's true. Yeah, very, very true. So he's on the death row for six. Yeah. He's been okay six. from 87 to 33. That's my mistake, guys. Oh, no problem. No problem. You know, the movie had a lot of characters. Um, the movie was very great because it showed a lot of unjust, the unjust judicial system of America. And this movie really hit home for me, as Ashley was talking about, not only about being a man of color, what we call color. Um, I'm actually from Alabama and I actually know Monrova. This is where my great grandfather's from. Crazy. Wow. I actually know that, that place. Crazy. Wow. My great grandfather's from there, but wow. he actually had to run from Monrova because of the law. So I actually don't know anybody past my great grandfather. To this day, I really don't know my ancestor lineage because of the evilness, the evilness of this city. I don't know, my grandfather probably did some bad stuff too, but he had to leave, put like that. And it was for his, to protect his life, him and his brother, they had to dip. And so this really hit home because I was like, yo, this is what, this, my group, these people ran my grandfather out of, my great grandfather out of the town. So, it had me drawn in real quick, really, really fast. And from then on, I was, yeah, I was glued to the screen. So what was what was the most, I'm gonna ask you guys, what was one of the most, uh, how would you say, craziest things about the story with you? Like opening scene, right? Buddy's looking up in the trees and he gets pulled over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I kind of already knew where it was going from here. Uh, with the way it was portrayed, you already kind of knew that these <clears throat> cops were waiting on the first African-American to roll through the barricade to stop and blame the accused murder. The, the murder on them. Um, and that's exactly like what happened with Mr. McMillan. You saw they were waiting on him, though. That's what was crazy. I don't know if you know. Uh, actually, I know this story before you showed me. I didn't know I knew it until I watched it. And I was like, oh, shoot, I know this story. So they were looking for his truck because he had a truck. And what really hurt me the most was like he had this truck. It was nice. So they knew where he was at and they were waiting on him the entire time. That's why the guns were drawn. And when he pulled up, he thinking like, oh, just because oh, a lot of people don't know from down south, you watch it. If you're a southerner or American, we have roadblocks all the time. Roadblock, so when we see a roadblock, it's like, oh, ID check. So that's why he said, oh, do you, you want to see my ID officer? And then they were like, no. And then that's when he looked at the guns and was like, oh, shoot. These guns are drawn on me. And 
that's when you know they're looking for him exactly. Like, looking exactly for, like, not exactly. They're looking specifically for him. That's what I want to say. They're looking for him and they found him. And that's when he realized, okay, like, what did I do? What do you think I did? And that was, he was guilty from there. That's what was crazy. It was like, he was guilty from that point. And he was like, give me a reason. You want to run? He said, you want to run? You want to run? We can just light this truck up. Yeah, exactly. And that is the type of power that whites have in the South. Um, I mean, the United States of America in general is basically the majority is ran by Caucasian Americans. That's just what the facts are. That's what it is. It's their country. You can look that up. It's their country. In a sense. Um, we, we, like, we like to say it's our country. I like to say to a lot of people, man, I'm, a lot of black people, Hispanic, you like to think America's yours. It's not yours. And I think I really learned that when I traveled the world. I looked at it and people see me and they think, oh, you're Jamaican? Are you African? Are you this? Like, no, I'm American. They're like, oh. And you start realizing when people see white people, they think America, they think privilege. They don't see you and think that. And then when you go back to America, you realize you're not American because how you treat it. And that movie just kind of reminded you that. Exactly. Exactly. For 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 a moment moment it did. And it just kind of also showed how majority of people within a race group despite them going against their interests. Now, <clears throat> many of these Caucasian white Americans probably went against their interests to protect the fact that this black man has been wrongfully accused. Okay? But as Lavelle stated, it's a true story. So there is a sheriff that did get fired for going against his interests, a white sheriff, because he he knew that McMillan was not guilty, but he had to, he had to lose his job. So, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, kind of thing. But you see, that Caucasian man had to lose his job because he went against the interest of the group. But a majority of the group. Was like, no, nah, I don't know anything about that. No, 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 no. Uh, who, what, what's going on? And this all was created by, you know, one man that was that was stating that, yeah, hey, listen, this is the guy that we're going to accuse for this murder. That's it. Point period blank. And that was extremely mind-boggling to me. Not surprising, but just, just mind-boggling. Because that's what like they were down there is like you're guilty until proven innocent. You have to prove like I really want people to watch Just Mercy because Just Mercy is American in a shadow. Like the cities are divided. 
to this day, 2020, about to be 21. A lot of cities are divided. Do we have interracial relationships? Yes. Do you have interracial like uh, cities that are very diverse? Yes. The cities or schools that look diverse in the South, they're the school might be diverse, but the town isn't. For example, the most racist time in America, love people, a lot of people want to say, no matter where you go, is do, on Sunday doing church. So there's like a black church, there's a white church, and you can just see that, especially in the South. Yep. And that's, and a lot of people say, oh, that's because whatever, but at the end of the day, it's like the black side of town, they create this environment that actually how would you want to say it it's for the less fortunate it's like for the everyone's over there on that side of town is guilty and you have to prove you're innocent what i'm trying to say is you have to prove that you're good enough that's the word i'm trying to say like that you are not guilty for example in america you have to prove your Uh, especially in the South, you have to prove that you are different from other people of color to be accepted. You have to separate yourself from your people to be accepted. And it's not separation physically, you have to separate by like how you dress, how you talk. And that's what I think with that movie show most about the lawyer. So they told the everybody talked to the lawyer and said, Oh, you think you from Harvard and you speak all good like white folks and they gonna accept you. And then they even looked at him like, oh, we want to see the black guy. That's from Harvard. Even the white lawyer told him that. And they kind of show you the mindset of everybody in the South. These are the little keys I think people will probably miss in watching it. You 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 drop tears because of you realize it's a true story. And you realize somebody had to go through this. But when you watch it and listen to the words, how people speak, it's really how people speak in the South. For example, when he first got pulled over, the officer said, got your nice truck and need some nice rims. Jealousy. Jealousy. Officers, I've heard this when I used to live in America. I heard this. Actually, I stopped a couple times and they were asking me, what's my job? And how, what's my job? Because they want to know how I can afford. I was in the Walmart one time talking to this white girl. She's real cool. I'm trying to holler at her, you know what I'm saying? My Mac on, you know. <laughs> and uh, I knew her, and I'm, and then, you know, dropping some seeds. And yeah, the white dude walked up to me and said, "Yo, that's your car outside." And I'm like, "Yeah." And she even stopped. She was like, "Yeah, where you want to know? Who are you?" And he was like, "What you do for a living?" And I was like, "Uh, I the time I was thinking I was doing um, I was working for an engineering company. I was doing drafting, and I told him I was like." I work for an engineering company. What are you like? What's the big deal? I'm like, oh, it's a really nice car out there. Fancy rims. And just walked away. And I'm what? just like, dude, now mind you guys, I don't even dress like a rapper or anything. I'm thinking I was wearing like some slacks and a dress shirt. And it just shows you like the frame of mind, like in the South. So the jealousy. And the officer had it out for him because they were jealous of him. That's what I want to say jealous of his ability to because he was an entrepreneur i think because he said he worked for himself he was a puckwood a lot of people know what puck you know what puckwooding is 
I do not. That is a straight up southern term. Right. I, I would assume. Yes, puckwooder. A puckwooder is someone who cuts trees and takes it to the uh, to the factory to make paper products. So how you get paper and all your other woods, everything made out of wood. Someone goes out in the forest, cuts the trees, and we call those people puckwooders. And they basically travel to South or their area and they find patches of land and cut and sell timber. So that's what he did for a living. That's why he saw the opening scene. He was chopping the tree down. And then he, they make pretty good money. So the guy was jealous of him because he was an independent contractor and he worked for himself. And for them in the South, he was probably was cutting into one of his homeboys jobs. Then we find out later what? He slept with a white lady. And they didn't like that. So they had it out for him. He was messing with a white girl. And then he was getting all that money. And he said, you don't answer to nobody. We're gonna hang you. We're gonna get you. No, sir. I didn't like it. Well, I you shouldn't have been doing that. When he sat in that truck and told him all that, I was like, oh, yeah, you're gonna die. Because this dude got it out for you. Man, what? All day, every day. So, yeah, I was just thrown back by the movie and and more or less thrown back because it was in the brother who I'm co-hosting this podcast with his state and somewhere close to where he's from in that state. So, and it, was, it wasn't long ago. I was born in 1987. If people want to go ahead and calculate it and if you don't remember, I think I said my age on one of these podcasts, but go for it. Um, I was born in 1987. So that, this this is not eons ago at all. Um, this could have so been our dad, our uncle. Anybody. Dude. Your friend. Any, anybody. It could have been anybody that, that you know right now more or less if you're listening to this podcast um it's unbelievable but the reason as I was watching this movie and how it ties into Japan and living here as uh, an African American was I was thinking that this is one of the things that I believe keep many African Americans, okay, and I'm not, I'm not keeping, I'm not excluding any other minority groups uh, from any other countries or continents or anything of that nature, but African Americans um, from going back to America. That dawned upon me while I was watching this movie. Laville, can I hear your two cents on that? Yes, I will have to agree. A lot of people love to stay abroad because America can be a little too much. So what you get was, imagine you're at nighttime. You just got out from a long day of work and you're stopped with bright lights. like a, And you're being questioned. And then you look a little harder and you realize guns are pointing at you. You're being hunted like a coon at night that's what they like called brothers coons and a lot of people think this was just a movie well growing up in the south 
this is pretty on a regular on Friday, Saturday night, there's a high chance that you can run into roadblocks so much that we have networks. Networks meaning that most blacks, African-Americans in the South have radar, uh, radios, police radio, radios. And we listen to the conversation. Ah, the conversation of where the police are because they will set up roadblocks to pin you down. That means if you're drinking and driving, if you're driving without an expired license, or just bother you all together, you could not have insurance, something. So everybody says, well, you're doing something illegal. So yeah, they should get you. All right, what you guys don't know is they do these roadblocks only in places where African-Americans frequent. They're not over in the white city, rich white neighborhoods with the roadblocks. No, they do it in our neighborhoods. They restrict your ability to move in and out and move comfortably throughout your community and they say it's for drugs and people drive listen here you can enforce the law but do it the same throughout the entire city the reason why i believe that blacks are have a higher number of people in jail because you're over policed you're over police we are we are over policed meaning that we have more police officers within a small you know radius and they just stay pounding us, pounding us, pounding us. And eventually you're just going to make crime up. So that's what I think brothers are running from a lot of times. And if you notice a lot of the brothers you run into in, in uh, Japan, where they're from? The South. Memphis, Mississippi, Bama, Georgia. You don't meet a lot of people from Cali. Because it's Asians in Cali. They can just go back home. It's like, oh. <laughs> You know, Cali, Cali is very liberal. It's very leftist. Like it's free. You can smoke weed. You know, you only come to Japan and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna get away from my freedom." Uh, but I, I don't smoke weed. I've never have. But a lot of people, that's what they really do say. They say like, Cali is free. Why would I come to Japan where they have like a little bit more rules, and I can still date uh, with like a, a buffet of of women or whatever like you know it's more diverse the south no it's not like that the asians normally stick with asian his mexicans stick with mexican blacks white everybody stick together it's not so you're right on that spot on ash that people really do stay over here i think to avoid fighting in america yep no doubt about it, because I myself, I was one of those individuals. That that will always be one of my reasons that I would give to individuals about at the time where I was, I felt like I was set on that I was going to be here for the rest of the remainder of my years. That will always be one of the reasons that I would kind of put out there. And like I said, more or less, you know, uh, I everything happens for a reason. And I stay here for so many other how so many odd years uh to more or less you know have the 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 family and things that i have now but to be quite honest if i was the me if i was the me now now in the past i probably would have been gone like five years ago (laughs) easy 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 if i was the if i was the me now in the past 
I'd probably be going about like five years. Who knows? Maybe even three, maybe even like seven years ago. Um, and that's due to a variety of factors, and which we'll kind of uh, touch base on in a minute. But I think yeah, I think the was, time I think the time helped to unveil or reveal a lot of things about Japan and yourself, and that's what it needed. And I like to tell a lot of people, don't ever feel bad about time you waste. All listeners, open your ears. If it take a lot of time for you to do something, that just shows how hard-headed, how determined you are. People who break in the first week, month, year, people say, "Well, they just know what they want." No, you don't know what you want because if not, you would have you wouldn't have de- you wouldn't have veered off onto to this path so quickly. But I think you were very determined. So much determined, you learned the language very well. You can speak it. You can write it. You were determined to make it be successful. And that just shows how determined, and that's how you sell yourself to the world. You can show people how determined you were to make it work and how much you believed in yourself. You didn't give up on yourself after so many years. And you did make something work because you still built, you built a family. So in the day, you would never fail you. So in the day, you are still a champion, my brother. You're not playing. Well said, brother. I appreciate that, man. But the way you said that, I don't, mean, uh, I don't think I'm that type of motherfucker. I always tell motherfuckers, like, when people say shit like that, I don't even... <laughs> I don't even... But I... <laughs> hey, hey, just remember, we are, all, we are all mirrors for each other. And, and sometimes, you know, like, exactly. when you watch uh, Snow... What was it with Snow White? When she looked in the mirror, 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 who on the ball, who's the beautiful... Who's the most beautiful of them all? And it was like, you, you, you know... Exactly. You should have friends like that. You know, good friends tell you. You got to. They, they see the beauty within you that sometimes you don't see in yourself. So they definitely should be letting you know that. Instead exactly. of saying, like, definitely. yo, you ain't nothing. Go jump off that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but you're absolutely right, Lavelle. And uh, it, it, it did, of course, like it showed me the like type of grit that I had and especially the type of mental uh, capacity and strength that I had to, uh, and that's gonna be a whole nother episode, but <laughs> to kind of show, like, damn, you know, I kind of said, I'm like, damn, I'm not saying that long, Woo. and that's kind of how I looked at it as well, too. But thank you for kind of, uh, the effort, your reaffirmation on that, no and problem, word, brother. I appreciate it, man, and um, so. With with that, and, you know, and, and, and you know, cats like me, Lavelle, maybe some other cats out there that may be in Japan listening to this that are kind of at that, that same point right now. Like, you know, we're kind of at the at, at the limit break. <laughs> you know, with Japan, uh, the the shine and luster has worn off. Um, we've kind of seen what we can really accomplish and be in our home the united states of america um even being a african-american brother african-american extremely well in the united states of america okay i know cats from outside looking in from other countries may not think that and then some some may not but many many know we do fine okay despite all the bullshit that we would probably have to deal with or potentially 
encounter in the case that we do return to our home. Um, so yeah, Lavelle, go ahead. It seems like you want to drop some. some yeah, questions. I just want to say like I think by being here, we learn some very valuable lessons. We learn the importance of culture and how it defines us. And we learn, because before coming over here, you, you already erased color so much to say as defining who you are. You know the importance yeah. of your the complexion of your skin, but that does not limit you or define you so much to say. But you learn the importance of culture, I think. Because by being in Japan, you realize there's other Asians here that get discriminated against and are thrown in the same melting pot with you, called a gaijin. And you question, you know, when you first gear, you're like, yo, no one's looking at me because I'm brown. But then you start realizing, like, yo, but I'm on the outside. And then you look around you and you realize, like, there's a lot of other people in this pot called Gaijin, too. This gumbo, this concoction. And you realize what separated you guys was culture. What defined you was culture. And I think you start to really appreciate, appreciate your culture that you were brought up in in America and you want to reconnect with that culture and if you have kids you want to have your children grow up in that culture and help them to cultivate your child your offspring to be a reflection of you or even better version of you and I think that's what really being living abroad helps you to understand and there are groups of people who really don't, how I guess they would say, like, they have accepted Japan's culture as theirs, and they end up staying. And I think that's what separates a lot of people. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, that's yeah, what, what you're saying. Yeah, so that's what. I think what really pushes us to maybe want to go back a lot of times is you miss your culture and then you want to help add to that culture. And I think that's what I, I really learned that from Africans, Jamaicans, other nationalities, people, they come to Japan actually to take some things from Japan, whether it be money, perspective, and then take it back to their culture and actually heighten it, you know, help their culture level up. And when you're an American or somebody else, you sit over here and you're just like, oh, right, I'm, I'm going to live over here. And you start realizing, like, all you're doing is helping elevate baby Japan's culture. And you start to see that, how they use you to help add something to their world. But the re relationship between you and them isn't reciprocal. It's not, what's that word? Is it reciprocal? Like, like it's not give and take. They're just doing a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, reciprocating. Yeah, reciprocating. Thank you. It's not reciprocating. Uh, you're just giving and then you feel drained and that's why a lot of guys end up flying back to that nation because they end up being so empty and they feel drained they don't know why they felt drained because in Japan they don't really give you their culture and it's not one that's very culture is like food and Japan culture it looks good it has a lot of movement in it but it doesn't have this substance that really feels you. That's the best way I can put it. It don't really feel people. And you can argue me, anybody who can argue me this one, if it has so much substance into it, why do so many people commit suicide? Why are so many people drunk? Why are so Boom. many people looking to escape through video games? 
Boom. And you would say other cultures have the same way, and I would say not at the level this country does. No. Nah. It doesn't. No. It, it might no, used no. to have a, a great culture, but right now the culture here is not very healthy. It's not. It's very work-oriented. Very. Absolutely. Um, and especially as a African American depend like I, w- I would assume that most African Americans we kinda all are on the same level with like family, community, friends, having people over just you know, maybe coming up to somebody on the sidewalk, depending on where you are. But most, like, like, hey, what's up, brother? You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Can I add that? That's the next thing about if you watch Just Mercy. You'll see the beautiful culture of Black America. You'll see how they all were there to support, how they all pitched in to get him off. That's real American culture. A lot of people might say, well, Black America doesn't have a culture. You guys sell drugs. No, no, no. Every race group has low lives, middle class, and a high culture. We got the Obamas. We got the Bill Cosby's. Then we got the middle class. Then we got the the Gucci's and the low lives. You know, Gucci get my money now, but Gucci, he's from a place called Bessemer, Alabama. Bessemer, it ain't the best place. I just want to tell you this. The people in the ghetto, they still care about family. That's why they bang on each other so much. And up, what you don't see on TV has a beautiful culture. We created universities from slavery. We created great cities. We've been at war in America since. That's the next thing. Black America's been at war with the other half of America since since we got out. Since forever, seemed like. And then there's a war in the black community between the haves and the haves not between the group that want to be white and the group that want to cultivate a black community. That's what people don't know. There's a group of black people in America who are very educated, but they want to be white. If they could, they could just rip the skin off and like, yeah, let's be white. And you got another group that are very educated as well, but they want to have the black culture. And the black culture is like HBCUs and and doing shopping black, purchasing black, working with black people and helping build a stronger, better community. That is the war that people don't see. And it's not a bloodshed war, but it's a political war. So that is something I think a lot of people don't know about. Just want to throw that out there. Absolutely. Yeah, man, we dripping, man. And it's just like, you come here and you spend here a few years and you know, I'm gonna be extremely blunt because this is BU. As a African American man, you're probably fucking a lot of women, and you're probably just living the life, going out to clubs, getting drunk, having a good ass time. Don't have to worry about nothing. Nobody running up on you, stabbing you, shooting you. Uh, you know, Billy Bob, police officer down the street, pulling you over and cuffing you up for some shit you don't even know that you, if you even did anything things of that nature and you become extremely comfortable and content with life because all those things are not 
happening to you? Mm. Um, because that was I, I was like that. To be quite honest, that that's kind of how I was, you know. Um, because I, you know, I was single and you know I was kind of just doing my thing and I was making a little bit of money, but probably after year three-ish, maybe four. No, I give it five because that's when I kind of jumped into a, a to after five years is when I kind of been in other industries. So maybe after my fifth year, I should have been like, you know what? Okay, I got this, this, and this. I got my Japanese down. Okay, it's time to go back to the States. But I really didn't because as I stated earlier on, this thing was still in my list of like, okay, nah, I don't need to go back to the States. Like, nah, I don't need to that. I don't need to go back home. Why I need to go back home? Yeah. You just you just get to the point where because there's nothing too about Japan. I'm gonna throw this out there. Time moves differently. I don't know. Hey, that's a good. Hey, that's a good way to put it. I call I call Japan Saturn. That's a whole. I can write a book on that. I'm like, I have master work. Write a master book on that. I see every continent, every landmass as a planet in the solar system. And if I had to say one planet was something, one island or country was something, Japan would definitely be Saturn. Why is that? Why? Because Saturn is a, a lot of people don't know this. They might know this if they do astrology. Saturn deals with time and the governance of time. And Saturn is Santa and, and Satan. Satan is like a teacher and it teaches order. Well, Japan is a country that is like overran with law and order. That's why it's the most like orderly country in the freaking world, bro. And the time trains are on time and how everybody is like fat fixated on time. That's the best way I can put it. And I can't think of any other country that is more obsessed with that. Hmm. Like law and order and time and things being in place like that. So that's why Japan would be fixated on like I would label them that. And time moves. And time starts here. And that's the next point. Yeah, that's true. Make it the first new year. Yeah, I'm dropping jewels for you guys. A lot of people never thought that far. But yeah, I need to I'm like a astronaut, so I stay on another planet. Um, that is something a lot of people don't All know. <laughs> Time does start pretty much in this area around the Ring of Fire. Because Tokyo had like the first New Year, pretty much. And then it's like, you just come to Japan, you'll see it real quick. You'll be like, yo, this place is sad and alien. Next point, they don't wear colors. Like, everybody wears dark colors. It's like this void. is extremely true. It's void of motion. Like you don't see a lot of emotion. That's why Harajuku stand out so much. A lot of people are like, why does Harajuku stand out so much? Harajuku stands out because it's like the only like a, a strip of Japan where color is allowed to exist. Sometimes it's like the rest of the the area is like 
in black and white and then you get the harajuku and it's like whoa 4k hd like that's exactly what it, that's exactly what harajuku is yeah and it's like whoa this is vr over here but it got real crazy and then you go to another once you leave like shibuya harajuku a couple of little spots throughout you know tokyo area then it's like Hmm. And even when you're on the interstate and you're driving, it even looks that way. You see, like, downtown Yokohama or Tokyo, you see, like, it's really bright and colorful. Odaiba. Was it Venus Fort? Over there, it's, like, yeah. so bright. And then the rest of it is, like, mm, black and white. <laughs> Extremely dark. And even the people dress like that. People don't even dress, like, really bright colors. They don't. They really don't. You can't. Uh, they, they usually stay away from those. Yes. No doubt about it. And colors reflect your mood. So that just let me know how everybody thinks. Absolutely. I agree with that as well, too. Like, yeah, your colors definitely affect how your mood is going for the day. That go back to your own episode when we were talking about, like, you meet girls and they're like, yo, are you gay? Like, why are you dressed like that? Like, when you wear, like, bright polos, a lot of brothers, especially in the South or Chicago, we wear bright colors. And then we wear bright colors. We fly. It might be, like, a dope polo with a cap and it's neon. And they're like, yo, y'all so bright. And this is even before the, the, the new movement now, you know, the skater movement is real heavy. And people are just... But that, that's when I realized, like, everybody wears dark colors. And people would ask me, like, where I get my clothes from. And I realized you can't find a lot of stuff here. Exactly. You can't. Uh, not unless you go to, like, you know, a, a Uniqlo or something like that. You can usually find some things for you. But just to kind of backtrack on you know living here in the culture and the happiness of the people and things like that yeah it's pretty low on the happiness index <laughs> it is it's very very low extremely low on the happiness index and from, a, despite, from, from one to ten what is it I, I do not have that information um i but it's pretty damn low for you you, you can't give us a number for yourself no, there's an actual happiness index. Oh, it's 58. Oh, you talking about like somebody did a survey? Yeah, actually, there's a, just for everybody that may not be aware of this, but every year there's an actual index of the country. And I learned this from somebody else recently. There's an actual index for the happiness. I don't know how they measure this. I'm pretty sure particular questions that they ask, you know, maybe how much pussy you getting, I don't know. But who, who, who knows? There's an actual index that ranks countries' happiness. And um, Japan is 58. Now, where's America? You know what? We, from what I see here, Oh, we're 19. We're good. We're 19. Mm. But usually most of the Scandinavian countries, like those those uh, Nordic, like yeah. Nordic countries, Denmark, stuff like that, they're always at the top. You know why? They don't even go to work. You know, we're going to work at 10 o'clock and stuff. Hey, that make you happy. 
they be going like a lot of people don't know man uh yeah, netherlands is, netherlands is five we know what that is <laughs> makes so much sense <laughs> they five okay i be telling folks they run the world all you do is find out who who run around here happy and skipping you find out who really run the world america runs the world no we don't america does not run the world just a heads up for you guys think about it in japan is 58 and they are a first world think about this they are a first world economy but they're 58 now there's more of course there's i, I don't know off the top of my head, top of my head how many countries there are in the world do you know around how many no idea i can i don't know how many countries know. there are in the world yeah because south sudan is 156 so i guess they're last which Ooh. makes sense how many yeah sudan how many i'm asking google dear google how many countries wait to somebody listening like uh they probably like 193 my g the number of countries uh, in the world, according to the UN, is 193 members. Oh, that's of the United Nations. So I like to say, yeah, everyone, everyone says there are 195 or 193, something around there. There are two okay, nations. Cool. There are two nations that are non-member uh, observer states. That is the Palestine, the Holy See, the Holy See, and the State of Palestine. Who is the Holy oh. See? Alright. So yeah, Japan is fifty-eight. Okay, think about that. And but they're a first world economy, so you can come here and live comfortably, you can eat, you can drink clean water, you can you know be comfortable for the and most it, part. And it's and it's the eleventh in population. Japan? Yeah, as a country, it uh, has a total of 126 million people. It comes falls behind Mexico at 128. Dang, ain't no Ethiopia had 114 million people. Yo, they banging, yo. Yeah, that's wild. But think about that when it comes to happiness. So, as you as a foreigner, if you are living here, are you truly happy? Or is there something that is keeping you here that is, how can I say? I know what it is. Making you seem, making you seem that you are actually satisfied and happy with being here. They're not so much happy. You know why people Yeah, I don't think so either. I know why they start. Especially being African-American. You're happy because you're in the shadows. Yes. That's the best way I can put it. In Japan, you're in the shadows because, like, the light is the lights. So I'm explaining why people people are like, "What's the shadows?" In this world, there's actually America tells a lot of people this: black and white. White means the doesn't mean the complexion of your skin. White actually means like you are the superior. Black means like you're the servant. In most countries. There's either there's always a caste system. I don't care. No one, no one says there's like a caste system. And there's a higher echelon and there's a low echelon. It's like a top tier, low tier. And one group which lives in the shadows is not supposed to be seen. That's why when you go to restaurants, they normally serve you from behind. 
can they lay the plate on your table? That's not just training because proper training is kind of like you're supposed to live in the shadows. But in Japan, being a gaijin, we're all kind of like shadows. Agreed. And there's not much expected of you. You get what I'm trying to say? So in Japan, I've learned you are not expected really to be a man or a woman. You're just a shadow. Because, and a lot of people say like, oh, that's crazy. Okay. Do you have all the rights to move independently? No, you can't purchase land. You can't, you can't make moves with anybody without a Japanese cosign. Oh, in Japan, oh yeah, absolutely not. That's what I'm trying to say. So like, if you're in a country and you can't move freely, and that goes back to like, just mercy, right? A lot of the black people were saying, like, like old buddy said in the movie, he said, all these people are guilty to prove innocent. Even as a black American in the South, I know there are certain places I can't go without being stopped by the police. A lot of people don't know that as well. There's still places in America for, that you don't go. You can go in the daytime, but don't get caught there at nighttime. Uh, when I was growing up, it was places like that, and it probably still is. So I just want to say, if you don't have full ability to exercise your should be human rights then you're a shadow agreed that means you don't have the ability to physically manifest anything in this reality because a shadow can't can it drink water no can it move things a shadow needs you to move before it can move that's why we're a shadow Exactly. Totally agree with that, Laville. Yeah, you can't do anything here without the absolute backing of a Japanese individual. In the United States of America, you have the capital, you have the income, you have your shit in order. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Facts. To be quite honest, and you know you can you can you, you now can do, you can do whatever you want but like everybody says consequences so like the white man tell you down south you can come over here but it's consequences we're gonna right <laughs> threats all that shit you know they, they could be out of threats or they could be uh, in the most unfortunate case it could be some real dangerous shit but but, but as but African American yeah, you can make stuff. You can make stuff happen. That's what you're trying. To, yeah, you can make stuff happen. Chinese come there. Everybody come to America. And you can make something happen. But in Japan, there are some things unless you come as a business entity. So a lot of people want to bring up. I know it's an echo one right now. Listening. Well, I know somebody has a business. A business operates different than an individual. So as a business, you come in and you can make things manifest because you actually bought your. You buy your um, existence best way to put it you're you're operating on a corporation that's the best way to put it you're operating like as a corporation so i know people who are here on the business uh visas and they're able to do things a little bit different yeah exactly and 
But even as an African American, as long as you have everything together, you know what you're talking about, you know what you're doing, you know what's going on. Can't nobody fuck you. You know? Can't nobody fuck you. To be quite honest, for the most part, you're good. That's all right. And it's all yours. It's yours. The building, the land, the money, everything is yours. Everything is yours. Here? But a lot of people leave the fuck out. So for anybody that's listening to this, that is looking to open a potential business or do some type of entrepreneurial thing here in Japan, I'm not saying it's a bad thing and I'm not shunning it. And for anybody that thinks that, sorry, but that's not the case. You will have to be tied to some type of Japanese energy. I have not met one person who is not. I, I, me personally, if somebody on here is listening to the BU podcast and that has been the case, please reach out to us in our email box and we'll say that we'll give it at the end of this podcast and let us know. Until then, I haven't. Not one. Lavelle, have you? Never met anyone who has moved by themselves. Even if you have the money and you came and bought your visa, you need a Japanese grand grand tour. Is what it's called? Yes, you're correct. You're correct. You're correct. And once you purchase that person, it's normally a company. You have to give them so much money to basically co-sign with you. So you're always having, you're still a shadow operating under someone else. Exactly. Exactly. So just a heads up, any of the entrepreneurial minds out there, I would say, I would say, open a branch or something of yours here and, and stay based in the United States. That would be my suggestion to you or whomever is listening to this. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I believe that um, you know, it can be some individual green here or not. A lot of us get trapped here in the void because of those things that America perpetuates um, and, and does to us as African American citizens. Um, you know, the big things is it's been quite a few cop killings and you know things of that nature. Um, I mean, to be quite blunt and honest, unfortunately, you know, that comes with the territory of being African American in the United States, unfortunately, right now. I'm not saying it's okay by no means, um, but unfortunately, that's what it is right now. And that's how it's been for years, though. That's how it's been for years. Uh, if it, if it's not us, you know, getting destroyed in the streets, us getting destroyed in like the workplace or some some other capacity. So it, this is nothing new. Um, I was talking to my father the other day about that. I said, yo, that's why all the Black Americans run to certain cities like Atlanta, Houston, Charlotte. I was like, these are like Black Meccas, and I was like, it used to be Harlem, and then and I was like, yo, these are like havens. But it is like, yeah, you know what you do in a haven, right? You know, the word heaven derives from haven, right? Word. And then so a haven is actually like a rest area. But it's like, you know, that's why they don't do nothing in them cities. I die laughing. 
exactly. I was like, yo, he was like, that's why so many guys are in those cities aren't really productive. You know, there's a lot of crime like in Atlanta and stuff like that. He was like, yo, he was, I was like, oh, that makes sense. But, um, but a lot of people see the Haven sometimes as a shelter living in America. That's what I want to say. So you can just deal with people of like that's in their echo chamber, that's in there, that reflects them in a sense. Yeah, so basically, as as LaVille kind of pointed out, brothers and sisters, if you're here in Japan and you are kind of trying to trying to understand whether or not it is that you need to be here or not always understand that you know your home is your home um and i know i we have been focused on the united states because we're from the u.s but individuals that are also of a minority in their country look at the end of the day ain't nobody gonna treat you no better than you are than where you're from i don't i don't give i mean let me not say that but for the majority for the majority of some countries i know some countries are quite rough so let me not speak for the you know the full nine but a majority I mean, you go back, you should be good. And what I'm saying, what I want to put out there is, is that don't let the facade of comfort and the facade of stability blind and throw the veil over your eyes and make you feel everything is just like all hunky-dory and, and fine all right here because it's not um it, and like Lavelle said in one of our earlier episodes that's kind of like their mental judo their mental judo as a society to have you believe that yeah everything is all go here it's all good here but hey here's this salary for you that you really shouldn't be being offered anywhere but we're gonna give it to you because you're in japan and you need to fall in line with the system and how it is despite all your skills all the money you spent on education all the certifications that you have all the experience you have from previous jobs but you gotta take this here. You have to take this salary because this is just how it is. And you're this age and you never had any experience at this company. What? That is facts. I've seen people who's, Bro, who could be in another country like America making 50 racks come here and make like less than 40 racks. They literally take like over about 10 G pay cut. And then when they come to the interview, they sit down and they say like, they lay out, they lay out their um, credentials. You know their degrees certifications there and the company like yeah they don't hold up here wow that literally does not hold wow. up here and i'm sure a lot of people wow. why that's the trouble in japan for example you could drive 20 years in your country if you came to japan they'll tell you to take another driving test and for most countries 
if they don't like you, they like your country, they like, well, you need to take the test again here. So that means you've been operating a vehicle for so many years. They don't, it's not just you're going to take a written test, guys. You're going to take a driving test to show that you can on operate. A course. On the on course. course. With no cars. Which does not reflect. Now I want to get everybody this straight. This does not reflect real life situations. This is the problem I hate about courses. Courses are not real life situations. In America, when I learned to drive, I was taught actually in the streets. Holla. Japan takes you and puts you in a course simulated course you've already lived and driven in courses that are far more complex more high speed for 20 plus years that's like saying you got 20 years of experience and then this country is going to say no come our system go back to the bottle and that's what really bothers me about japan is they don't respect the world market and it's not like they created everything themselves they didn't create the car they didn't create the train they didn't create but they think they perfected it and to me, that's like spitting in your face. That's like, and I see this a lot in Japan. If I'm dancing, someone tries to tell me the name of the dance. Knowing good and well, it's a hip hop dance made from America. I know the name of it. I know who, where it derived from, the region, everything. And they try to challenge me. And I'm like, that's my culture. I know this. And they're like, oh, oh. I had a kid try to tell me one time that was a Fortnite dance. And I was like, no, that's not the name of the dance. <laughs> It's actually from Memphis. Uh, this artist brought this to the forefront, blase, blase. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that. That's the stuff that really bothers me about here. So that's my little rant about stuff that really bothers me. Yeah. But yeah, your credentials are not respected a lot of times. Unless and unless you're with an international company, now, a lot of people are probably arguing. Well, I work in a national company will respect your credentials, but in J- yes. a Japanese company, not so many. Shit, close. Not so many, even close to none. Shit. Yeah, I just uh, said not so many, just so they don't argue and Twitter start yeah. banging. Twitter's fingers, twisted fingers. What? What? Twitter's fingers, twisted fingers. Uh, boy, what exactly? So that's basically how we. This is basically what we wanted to kind of give individuals here, especially African Americans here in this episode. Don't feel so. How can I say? Threatened. And, and and afraid and tired um, about the American society and the racism and the system and the racism and things of that nature, that nature, and think that you can be comfortable and stable in your home because what we made, we made that, we made that country. When it all comes down to it don't think you can make the money that you should be making and things of that in your home and settle for this rinky dink bullshit that they be tossing you here for your culture and for everything that you have to offer and things of that and that and so they can profit and advance off of it and things of that nature don't don't sell yourself short that's what all in 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 short don't sell yourself short if in the case that you 
are are content with these parameters and you're, you're doing you feel like you're doing pretty well and and, and everything of that nature then fine stay here the rest of your life by all means that's your decision but if you are one of those people that are kind of teetering like i was for a long time and you know you get on the internet and you look at jobs back in the states and they're like triple i'm not even lying to you like triple or double what you could be making here for the same thing that you're doing and you're probably gonna have more responsibility and you're probably gonna have more responsibility uh, uh, opportunity to advance and progress and, and and learn more that's the big thing progression like a lot of people say japanese people live forever sounds good don't it but it's not it's not actually i'll give you guys a rundown in japan the fact that old people don't die they've actually extended the retirement age which means older people stay in the workforce longer and japan moves in a cast type system even in companies so if mr miyagi or mr takashi does not move from his position you can't move up so even if you are in that so-called company you're not moving up until he moves out so it's a pure it's disease infested it's stagnation diseases are created through stagnation and stagnation is death i mean that's yeah, what you find it, it creates death right and that's why like the country is dying because it's stagnant and that's why it's good for things to die that's why i think sometimes yes. COVID is in the world good <laughs> <laughs> Because it's like, hey, you need to get rid of some people. Y'all holding on too long. But um, that is the big thing about, I would say, going to America or any other country is they actually just see you and they measure you by what you bring to the table. And I think that's the future, though. I think that in the future, though, that's why I tell a lot of people I think the future looks bright because I see companies and people seeing your production vice who you are. For example, I was watching a UPS truck truck driver in America. That's why I love America. They actually train people to do things and take less steps and be more productive. And I bet you they get paid to be more productive, not to be. And that's Japan. Japan don't pay people to be more productive. They pay you to be more obedient. Yes, that's well said, man. You hit it right on the fucking nail, bro. Exactly. That's all. That's calm. They could throw veils and shit like they don't. They want you to be more productive, or they want you to innovate and do something. They don't want that. They don't want that. They already got their shit in order how they want it to be. They don't want you to change nothing. And in the case that you are providing that, all it's gonna do is just gonna go to the top, and then you're just gonna be cut off at the knees at the bottom. And they're gonna be like, "Hey, I implemented this uh, project and or this this step like so many like a week ago. Like, what's going on with it? Oh no, it, it's all right. Yeah, it, it's great, but uh, you know we're not gonna consider it too soon. They already using it, so they're um, using it, and they're gonna wait till they fire you, or you get fed up and leave. Then they're gonna be like, "Hey, look what we found." <laughs> Don't have to pay Tyrone. Hmm. Hey, use, and, use his creation. And if you 
you know, if some of you, if some individuals living here, you know, you feel like there's another case, then fine. That's your opinion. But from what I've seen and from what me and Bill saying, um, we, we, we feel that's what happens, you know? And like I said, if you guys would like to drop anything in, in the mailbox, in our DMs, please do. Like, we're not malicious individuals that are not going to listen to your opinions and not not going to speak like speak to you about them um i think we're very reasonable we're very level-headed and very and very sound when we speak with people so if you, if you feel different about that hey drop it there no doubt about it um but with that being said that that's what we want to convey to you guys man don't especially the brothers man don't get caught up here because of the material and superficial um, um, things that this place can provide you to make you seem comfortable, to make you seem comfortable in quotes, and stable in quotes. Okay. The new home, no. That new home would be your casket. That new car would be that new car would be your casket. A new home could be your mortuary or whatever you want to call it. I think that's what it's called. Uh, where your dreams go to die. Yeah, no doubt. And you will be drowning in sorrow full of regret. That's the best way yes. that I can put it. So if you feel any of those things and you feel a little bit unfulfilled, it's good to learn to detach, let go and elevate everything in life has levels to it there's nothing that does not have levels from the seas to the trees to the bugs everything beneath there's levels and if you find yourself not leveling up every so often it should be like every four or five years you should be going through a cycle when you was in grade school they told you there were four seasons and then there was a new year that means you should find yourself about four years and you should find yourself in a new year a lot of people don't know that so by every four years that's why when you go through high school through grade school college there's a four-year cycle um that you fit kind of spin in every building and they train us through school kind of that way to get you used to it you know like okay i'm in this building for four years then i'm going to the high school building i'm gonna be in that mug for four years then i'm gonna go to college i'm gonna be there for four years and that's why americans kind of hop jobs about four or five years and that's normally expected. A lot of people haven't noticed that pattern, though. If you look at your job history from in your younger years, you probably spend about four or five years at a location. So, I mean, always continue to try to level up. And if you find yourself not doing it, start evaluating your surroundings. Uh, assess. Assess, address, and reset. Ooh, I like that. Assess. I like it too as well. Address. <laughs> And reset. Reset. Yes. Don't That's get awesome, brother. Yes. Do not get stuck in the moments. Do not. Especially in Japan. Especially in Japan. Stick out and be the movement. Move. We always want to be progressing forward, y'all. All the time. And one that's one big for this part. One direction forward. And that's one big reason for this podcast, man. So with that being said, 
let's kind of jump into uh, a BU moment. You got anything, any last comments, anything you want to say uh, before we go ahead and close this up here? Uh, any BU moments? Would you say, say that again one now? Yeah, this is the BU moment where we just kind of kind of give our last uh, comments, thoughts, and things of that nature to lead the people with. And, you know, go ahead and wrap up the episode. Oh, just know that, that um, don't get, like I said, don't get stuck in the moment. Be the movement. Um, your association with individuals will create similarities. So look at the, like, that's why I said assess your surroundings. Like not only the situation, but your surroundings. If you find yourself associating with people that you don't enjoy, don't like, guess what? You probably have some of those similarity qualities, some of those similar qualities within yourself. So you need to address those issues, write down those issues, address them. Then step forward and reclaim your truth and always remember to be you. That is the key to success. Uh, yeah, just want to throw that out there, everyone. Just know we get what we, sometimes you get what you want, sometimes you get what you need, but you always get what you deserve. So that means you need to move smart, and I'll elaborate on that later. But yo, thanks me, thanks for having me on. Um, man, that was a good one. Yo, I know we didn't go too deep in that uh, Jess Mercy, but that was a very powerful movie. I hope you all watch it um, and hit us up about it. Maybe we'll go dive a little deeper into it. Yeah, yeah. So, man. so what do you want to um, give us a be moment with you, Ash? Go ahead. Yeah, so uh, in this moment, basically what I want to tell you guys is that, yeah, like Lavelle said at the end of his uh, comments, yeah, just basically, uh, definitely be you. And uh, definitely with the African-American brothers out here in Japan. I mean, don't get caught up in the moments, man. Do not get caught up in the moment. Uh, some of the moments out here in Japan are awesome. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've had, I've had quite a few of them being here uh, from the time that I've been here. Uh, but have those moments, enjoy them, and then sit back and refocus on what it really is that, what it is that you really want out of your life. And don't let Japan or the society or the moments that you have in the society dictate how you're going to move. Really sit back, think about it, reflect, and know what it is that you want to do and be you at all costs especially here because if you're not things are, like you can really get thrown off track here i'm not gonna lie to you you get a string thrown off track and you get lost <laughs> lost in the maze man <laughs> and you just be looking up in the sky like oh shit man like, a, lot of people, a lot of people don't know that's what that word amaze mean when you say I'm amazed, that means I'm a loss. That means you're disconnected. You're no longer on the path of of things making sense. Uh, that's a little jewel gem dropped for you right there. Uh, Think about amazed. it. Amazed. Amazed. Yeah. It and, means you're lost. You're lost. You blew my mind. That means you're lost. <laughs> Don't come out here and be like, I'm amazed. Yep. First step to being lost. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, that's nice. That's what you want to say to yourself. Speak your reality into existence. Exactly. You could be speaking your lostness into existence. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. So with that being said, that's it for me. 
Um, shit, Bill. That's a. I think that's another successful podcast for us, man. Yes, thank you. Give us a round of applause. Yay! Okay. Yeah, woo. Yeah, All right. Yeah, we did it again, man. Shit, we not doing that. I think. Yes. All right. So, shit. As y'all know, man. With that being said, wherever you are, morning, afternoon, night, wherever you are in the world, man. Shit. Always remember to be you. We out this motherfucker. Shit, Negro. That's all you had to say. Thank you for listening to the BU Podcast. Please. Always remember to be you. Be you podcast を聞いていただき本当にありがとうございます。いつも美容するのがしっかり覚えてください。